Shut up, I love it. The O'Reilly Auto Parts jingle, the full house theme, Baby Shark. I wrote every single one of them. All your culture, your art, written by me. Pussyfoot Sugar Taint. Shut up, I love it. I am Joe Cabello, not Pussyfoot Sugar Taint. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Sasha Filer. Um, this is, <clears throat> let's, just, let's just make it clear. This is a podcast called Shut Up, I Love It where we invite a special guest, talk about something underrated, misunderstood, under the sun, and sometimes we do weird intros, and that was one of them. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Joining us today, he's a writer, graphic designer, and actor who performs in several theaters around Los Angeles. I have seen him perform. He's an excellent comedian and performer, originally a Florida man. There's more to say about him, but let's just welcome him right away, Keegan James. Hey, it's good to be on. This is awesome. So at several theaters, do you sometimes do a Flintstones type thing where you have the show booked at the same time at each theater and you just go like, I'll be right back and run to the other theater? Yep, I do that, yep. It's it's the grind. (laughs) It's the grind. You got to pay your dues. Exactly. The most shows I did in one night, I remember, and I don't ask me how it's possible, it was seven. I did seven shows in one night. Like I think like four of them were like in in the on the different teams in iOS loft <laughs> that S- night and same, then three yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I sure. think I think I'm somewhat similar, and I think the last show was on ecstasy because at that point you're like, you know what, we've done six. <laughs> the seventh can go a little loose. Wow, like uh, what time did you guys go to bed? Uh, we never did. Never did. No. Uh, well, Keegan, what are we here to talk about on Shut Up I Love It? What's the topic today? We're here to talk about a crazy, a crazy little movie that um, the uh, director of It Follows made right after its commercial success. Uh, it's called Under the Silver Lake, and it stars Andrew Garfield. Spider-Man and I, uh, himself. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so I have a funny little logline for you guys. I said, "Schlubby Spider-Man unravels Hollywood's d- dark elitist secrets." Yeah. Sort of what it's about. That works. Yeah. That really works for me. That's great. Uh, yeah, all of those things are true, starting with Schlubby. Wow. Um, yeah. Why do you think uh, this is a perfect topic for Shut Up, I Love It? Oh, I I went, the first time I ever saw this movie, I like fell in love with it because it's just like, it's it's kind of like a weird Lynchian blue velvet meets um, Chinatown fever wow. dream. You know, it's just like, there's so many crazy shots and it's like a nod to old Hollywood and there's like beautiful music and stuff. There's so many like stimulating and fun uh, things to like dwell on after, after the first time I watched it, I like immediately watched it a second time because I knew I like missed stuff from it. Yeah. Which I would also say a Chinatown meets um, blue velvet. Uh, David Lynch did already with Mulholland drive. Right. Right. Yeah. And I love that movie too. <laughs> that was essentially <laughs> that mix. And now, uh, What's his name? Uh, David Robert Mitchell gets to do his version. Were right, you a yeah. big fan of uh, It Follows? Yeah, I was. It was it was um, like a, a a fun, different spin on you know like horror, and I thought there was some really fun 
really creepy shots, jump scares that were, you know, just sort of different from what I usually, I'm not really a big horror fan, but mm -hmm. like people like told me you have to go out and see this crazy movie. Didn't want to spoil it. And that, I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, same thing with my husband, Jay, who is a frequent uh, guest slash host, co-host of Shut Up, I Love It. He's not a big horror, f like, fan. Like, he's fine with it. But, like, he really enjoyed It Follows. But um, in terms of going back to Under the Silver Lake, why or what is the deal with the rest of the world, Keegan? Like, do they not like it? Do you think it's misunderstood, this movie? W what is the general consensus here? So, like... I think this was coming off of like just how popular um, Andrew Garfield was being the new Spider-Man, and I, I pulled up some uh, some reviews of people like that. I mean, like I, I rented it off of a renting website, and they have forty six reviews, and most of them are just like plain negative. And so uh, one was just like uh, boring. Uh, uh, it's a stinker. <laughs> Worst movie I've ever seen in years. Stinker. Stinker, Holt Garfield saved his money from his past Spider-Man efforts. Um, Which all you know. sound like very ignorant movie watcher mm -hmm. reviews, you know, like, save your money. Like, uh, he's fine. You, <laughs> this like, one's just giving money. you a heads up. Don't watch this stupid movie. So, okay. you know, like, like, so like you said, yeah, half-baked, sort of, probably didn't watch it sort of stuff. How did the, uh, how did the critics uh, react to the movie? Um, it was it was a mixed bag, you know, like it was 50-50. People are like, yes, it's a waste of time. It seems like just David Robert Mitchell was, uh, you know, ripping off David Lynch or, um, yeah, it was, or people just like loved it, you know, like sat back, enjoyed it. So, I, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, pretty critically split to my knowledge and had a pretty quiet release, uh, both, both unsuccessful release. Right. And quiet. Like, I don't, I think there was uh, a little bit of hesitation to promote it too hard. Right, yeah. It, it's, I don't, I, I mean, I made a log line for it, but it's, it seems like a really strange thing to categorize until you watch the movie a couple times. You know? Right, like, at least It Follows is a horror movie. Uh, you know, it's got its own really weird quirks that it shares with this movie, but it's sellable. This, it is a, a bit harder to say who the audience is for this and it certainly doesn't seem general right it, it's it it seems like i mean like horror movies in general are probably something that easier to sell than a, a mystery sort of that's very slow paced that has you know a bunch of strange shots and the protagonist honestly is kind of unlikable so <laughs> <laughs> yeah in acting in slow motion, I, I right, feel like right. he got the note. Hey, slower, slow, hey, even slower. slower. Mumble, <laughs> please mumble more. Yeah, you're gonna reach into your pocket to grab something. Do it painfully slow. Yes, yes, exactly. Keegan, where were you living at the time you saw this movie first? Were you already in L.A. or no, not? no? I was, I was in Florida, and um, oh, wild. Yeah, I was in. I was. I just. I had moved to LA in um, June 2020, mm. which is you know peak pandemic. But I, you know, I just I just needed to get out of here, so I uh, I moved, and then you know it, the pandemic just kept going on and on. So, 
Because you were like moving here thinking like, we're going to wrap this pandemic up in a couple of months. Yes, right? yes, exactly. Yeah. You yep. personally, you're like, I'm going to wrap this baby yeah, up. I'm going I'm I'm to figure this thing out. And uh, yeah. I didn't. Unfortunately, I did not. And it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's still all up in the air, I guess. So. And it, all you have you, and wa- have you watched it since moving to L.A. and uh, exploring a bit in L.A.? Yeah, I did. And it was pretty wild to see like even even like during a pan- pandemic and stuff like how you could still like go around and see sites and stuff. And so you, you can go see like the Griffith observatory. I did, you know, I didn't get to meet the hobo King, but um, <laughs> probably uh, for the best, probably for the best. Yeah. And um, I didn't get, uh, I mean, I did get to see like all the, where the shots were. There's some pretty iconic places. So that was really fun to do. Yeah. I thought it was very cool to be like recognizing almost every shot. Cause I'm pretty bad at recognizing shots. Like, Again, compared to Jay, who would be like, oh, this is just like right there, like the corner of this and that. I'm like, I can never tell. I know yeah. like generally it's L.A., but I can never tell. With this movie, it was very easy for me. Yeah, like, yeah. I could pretty much tell. Yeah, I've been every, every all those places. And it, yeah, yeah. It, it was it's curious that you first saw it in Florida and, you know, weren't here, didn't have those landmarks, which I think is most the majority of people's right. thing. But for me, just watching it and being like, oh, wow, this is an incredibly east hollywood specific movie yes exactly other than one nitpick on that is the fact that he goes to the last bookstore he wouldn't go to the last bookstore he would go to skylight's books or right yeah another place he wouldn't go there but you know yeah yeah. i think it's just like so charming it's a charming like place it's Mm -hmm. you know very fun to look at so they're like oh we're just gonna go downtown and shoot a little tiny, you know, investigative shot. So, when you saw it in 2018, did you um, already know at the time that you want to move to Los Angeles? Uh, 2018? No, I did not. No. So no. no. So do you I, think that's why you moved to Los Angeles? I think I, I think some <laughs> part of me wanted to, you know, move out there and uh, get calls from my mom all the time. And you know, really experience, really experience uh, how the character was in the film. Yeah. Pa- painfully accurate for many yeah. years of my life, to be honest. Yeah, I will say that. <laughs> Joe, what's your familiarity with this film? So I actually didn't even see it follows until recently, like in the past year, and really loved it. It was just one of those ones that was like on my the top of my watch list, but kept yeah. getting and pushed down. And it's a long-ass long ass watch list. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an ever-growing one because of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> really. It slows everything down. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. So I watched that, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, this this is – I want to devour everything else this uh, this director is, is done. And then right. I didn't. But uh, <laughs> I would think I was just – you know what I actually told my friend? Because I do a movie review podcast as well called Beat It Movie Reviews. Go listen. We'll subscribe right you. now. Mm-hmm. Go rate it. Mm-hmm. Five stars. Stop this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <It> never <laughs> And we, me and my co-host would talk about this movie. And I think I'm on record on that podcast. Listen to every episode to find out when I said it. And said, <laughs> oh I'm going to wait until it's a topic on Shut Up, I Love It to watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah. Sure enough. Here it is. So this was my first time watching it, uh, and after having recently watched It Follows for the first time, which I thought was really nice to be able to to have that like recent in memory comparison for the director's style. Yeah. Did Andy join you? We like to on this podcast. Uh, he can um, mention 
with like the context of like our significant others joining us or rejecting the Shut Up, mm-hmm. I Love It. I think the- she's watched maybe two movies with me for Shut Up, I Love It <laughs> and maybe four movies in Same. general with me because yeah. uh, my movie taste is uh, notably, notably yeah. lewd. Well, if I could put my two cents in, my wife thinks it's a gross movie. So, <laughs> you know, just like, just gross to look at. So it was like, yeah. that was about it. Well, starting with Andrew Garfield's face, I'm just right. going to say it. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, um, I, I mentioned Under the Civil Lake to Jay and he was like, I, he's like, yeah, I've wanted to check it out and then i said do you know that andrew garfield's in it and i know how much he he just doesn't like the guy which right. is rare like he just he cannot stand him oh that's interesting he was like oh that makes it worse and then we started watching and then he gave up quickly no he, he gave up 30 minutes in he gave up 30 minutes in which is a lot uh to give to a movie that you won't finish watching right and so it doesn't really yeah own. it takes you need to get past 30 minutes because it really yeah, ramps yeah. up in my opinion. Are you an Andrew yeah. Garfield fan, Keegan? Um, I am not. I've I've been told I need to check out um, Tick Tick Boom. Is that what the movie is called? I've right. heard he's like you know, really killing it recently. But I'm not the biggest. I wouldn't say like a fan. He's a guy. That's sort of thing. Yeah. Same. I I hadn't. Yeah, I don't think I've even seen honestly any movies with him because those are not the kind of movies I watch I guess but oh. Under Civil Lake was the first one was my uh, losing virginity my D card <laughs> to the uh, Garfield I will <laughs> say awful. my feelings on the movie aside it's a rough introduction to Andrew Garfield I think. but he, he can't help that face <laughs> no matter what movie he goes <laughs> no he just acts uh, yeah I just don't know I just didn't love his acting I'm gonna put it out again movie feelings about the movie aside okay. his acting was not something I enjoyed well I'll, I'll throw you th- this question <laughs> to you Keegan is that by designed do you think you know I think for some reason I got a really like I, I think it's like maybe obvious that um this is supposed to be like david robert mitchell in some respects like mm-hmm. how he felt at the time of like i think he's in the movie supposed to be like 33 or something how fucking horny he was uh, he was just this yeah. he's just this horny guy what if i could horny. fuck every girl it's yeah crazy. yeah and it, what if it drives me to solve a mystery <laughs> i'm so ready for this 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 woman yeah um i i think oh sorry what was the question it was uh, do you think his kind of off-putting acting is by design in the movie? I would say so. Like it's it it's yeah, it's sort of like a a weird sort of like kind of creepy, doesn't really know, troll. kind of listless, yeah, troll sort of mm-hmm. vibe that he definitely gives off. So well, he does so. some terrible things, right? Like his character is mean to uh the unhoused person right uh, he also made a kid eat an egg well yes. <laughs> i i am on his side <laughs> with those two things eggs. with those two things okay he was mean to the homeless guy who the homeless guy is bad you know we i, I actually but you don't uh, talk back to a homeless slash unhoused person you don't like you don't go and you just say hey actually no like what are you, you know because you know they're just like they're gonna they're gonna one-up you they're gonna tell you some things that you don't want to hear but that's different than him being like mean to the guy that's right. just that's like true. hey to stay out of trouble don't 
messed with the homeless guys. The guy was a dick. And those kids were doing thousands and thousands of right. dollars worth of damage. If any, that was probably that was cathartic. For that me. was it. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I wanted to be him in that moment. Right. I wanted to hurt those kids, and I wanted them to hurt them more. Oh my god! Right. Okay. He just looks nice, Joe, but deep inside there lives a very evil person. Well, I wouldn't do that to kids, but kids who scratched my car and egged it—you know—they're they're gonna get it. Also, I think it's interesting that the unhoused have a king. You know, mm-hmm. it's a there's a there's a monarchy involved with mm-hmm. with them in this movie, and he seems to not serve the actual homeless. Right. So he's, he's got other that. plans. Exactly. But also as a woman, I just the amount of horniness uh, his character carried on, <laughs> and then and so like he's pursuing this woman, which you think is a thing, but then he just tries to fuck everything on his way, right? Like, uh-huh. and he ends up fucking the older parrot lady yeah. at the end. Spoilers for <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> So uh, that was just also a turn off. Like, wait, like, so you just, you just desperate. You just want, you just want to get in with anybody, right. like any girl. That's what? my, that's one of my favorite scenes is he gets that little laptop at that hut. And explaining this movie, I am hearing it myself. It's just a crazy, just a crazy movie. But yeah, he gets the, the laptop and she's like, I don't, I don't really even know. you. Like, why are you going through all these lengths? I'm, I can't get to you. So I'm sorry. Like, bye. I, lo- I, like, love that part so much. Yeah, like, fizzle, his whole mystery sort of fizzles in a way, but it is bigger than solving the mystery. He's solving the mystery of himself. Yeah. I would say there's a huge difference between that sex scene with the older woman and all the sex scenes we see previous to that, or even right. just uh, the sexual charge. It is, there is, you actually see some, like, genuine presence, like, and meaning being present. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the older woman and versus like Ricky Lindholm when he's having sex with her, they're watching mm. TV. Right, they're talking. watching TV. Everything. It, mm-hmm. Oh, I know. That was a joy to see. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, in, like for anybody, um, Ricky's on that and she's part of uh, Garfunkel and Oates and she was, she was, she's so funny. And it, it was like a treat because I watched, knew that before even going into the film about them. And I was like, this is awesome. What, like, what are we about to see? And then it's them watching TV while doing doggy style. Yeah. I briefly acted in their show. I met Ricky. She's an awesome oh, cool. person. Everything I know about her. And uh, it felt to me like she didn't deserve it to, <laughs> to her in this film. <laughs> what happened to her It was nothing. a really hardcore sex scene. And I was like, whoa, they, they really... Like, it just won't like we get it. We we got it, and then she disappeared. Like like her character like disappears. Yeah, and we never hear from her again. Right. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole movie is like how we treat how Hollywood treats women, you know. And it essentially that how does that boil down to this guy who's treated them just as these things? And then I I truly believe at the end when he has sex with this woman, there is this slight change to him. I don't think it's a profound change but a slight he one. comes for the first time he <laughs> right right that's beautiful yeah. a lot of teasing before but nothing happened even during ricky's scene right um, uh, what what do you think that the uh what do you think the parrot's saying mm, wow that's a deep question uh don't have an answer because i remember it didn't sound to me what ricky was get or not ricky but um 
now the character was guessing, which was like not a fr not friends, not friends, right? Yeah. Didn't sound like that to me. Joe, do you have a guess? Uh, I do think it's not necessarily gibberish, but I I think it is the one cipher that actually is not a cipher at all, you know, and it's he reaches this point where he hits like, oh, there some things actually are meaningless. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. To listen to you. What a freaking deep ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> it is a really deep movie. I will wow. put my am, feet in the I sand. It's a deep fascinated movie. Fascinated. Awesome. I'm looking forward towards the ratings. I love it. I know it was some kind of misdirect. There could be some red herring, some misdirects <laughs> that Joe is setting up. You never know what this means, but he's building up to the fact that he loves this movie. Cool. Uh, what do you think Parrot is saying, Keegan? Um, uh, I'm sort of samesies with mm -hmm. Joe. Yeah. Uh, another part of, another part of me uh it's just like maybe it doesn't matter anymore to him or like in some sort of way like yeah just basically the same thing where it's 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 just like yeah there's there's nothing really really to it there's no mystery involved in it that sort of thing and i the one thing i also have just a pet peeve going into this movie that i'm really honestly it's just no movie could save me from saying like i hate this part it's like hurting animals and of course the big plot point of this film is um somebody's killing these dogs and oh, i'm yeah. like e even if that's just to show that this person is bad or whatever or like to establish some pattern and to be like that's even war even if the message is it's worse than killing people which i don't think it is but it just never works for me. Like, I just always mm. push that away because I'm like, I just don't never, I just, there's never been like, I'm like, oh, thank God they like killed this animal in the movie. Like that like was a really great thrill. <laughs> so you're like, like a, you're against like all animal death in movies? Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely famous ones that I'm like, regrettably, you know, disagree with like, like skinning of the rabbit and like that um, Jack Nicholson movie, right? And right. Uh, I, I mean, just like, and there's a bunch of famous one where um, a House of Cards in the pilot, the, 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 the you know, the anti-hero anti kills the dog early on. I mean, right. it's just such a telling big scenes, but I'm like, it's just not for me. Like, it's not like I just like I shiver and I can't like function. It's more like I just it's it's taking me out making me question why do we fucking need it? Right. And so I'm, I'm already aggressively attacking this movie just based on that. <laughs> oh, there's like a better way to tell that something bad's going ways. on yeah yeah and i tell my it. students when i teach tv writing i always tell them i'm like you don't have to you don't have to kill an animal and they always like agree i don't know if they're just being nice but they always they like are. feel the same <laughs> I mean, they feel the same and they always like oh yeah you're right yeah there's other way and they rewrite it but well anyway, it's like fridging me. which is when you kill like the female the girlfriend or wife character it's like a trope kill that's them all easy to get the the main character mm -hmm. into some you know mode that it's they classic, need to be in classic, yeah. classic yeah. move now as far as this i want to get more into you know what you love so much about this but i'm curious as someone who watched it before you moved to la if it was it turned you off on the idea of la or turned you on to it because i think it can do both at the same time yeah, it was it was more of like um, these are the things you should watch out for. It was like kind of like a, a 
like a, a story to like give you warning signs as to like you know mm, cautionary like, tale. a cautionary tale like mm. these are the common tropes you're gonna see in in LA and I think yeah like some things are pretty far-fetched but some things are like on the money like on the nose that you're just like oh that you know there's some weird weird funny things like uh when all those models are walking up the hill to do an audition for some like grubby old guy out of a garage mm-hmm. i like love that i was like okay yeah that's probably going to be a reality yeah and they're costuming too they're all wearing like the same outfit in different color combinations right yeah it's all very real and all the like parties and events it's very true to life you know you could spend one night going to some weird experimental art show the next night going to this yeah thing. yeah i i love that too i was like i can't wait to do that stuff but then like thinking about like really <laughs> processing it in my mind I'm like this stuff is like dumb you came <laughs> in at june 2020 that's yeah. why that didn't exist <laughs> and that stuff is only as fun as you allow it to be you know yeah. there's a lot of people in that movie that are there for you know furthering their career or doing something and mm-hmm. it is i think it the movie is taking that idea like why are you even doing anything in this city right yeah exactly so um how pleased were you keegan with the conspiracy part of the movie right so like we talked about the la stuff stuff and then just you know the the protagonist who's kind of an anti-hero and him falling for different women and he's being flawed but the actual conspiracy the weaving in of that storyline how satisfied were you oh man i was it seems it felt to me just like a big huge sweeping sketch you know like this is how out of control this uh this world is is that these produce like millionaire or billionaire loved by the city producers um big men in hollywood they select three brides to like live forever in like a pharaoh temp- temple to themselves. And I was like, oh, that is so, but it was like really, I don't know, like satisfying to me anyway, and like incredibly like darkly funny. Like it, like it's, it's terrible. Like, but another part of me is just like how funny, how blown out of control it seems. But like, it's the reality is, is there are like powerful men that if they wanted to could make something like that. So it's just very, uh, just funny to me. Yeah, I believe their version of that exists, and somebody's making money on that. Yeah, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're um, selling mortgages to start building these bunkers somewhere. I'll Probably in the Beverly Hills. <laughs> you want one? I think, and I think the director, the director's feelings towards it. It basically is, you know, we all go into. Uh, Hollywood saying, oh, no, it's going to be my writing that really pushed me forward, my acting, you know, it, it, it's not this freaking predetermined uh, thing that's already there where they're going to choose the the pretty girl who they want to fuck, they're going to choose the person who can get them ahead and they can control, it's not going to be that. And then the conspiracy is real. You yeah. realize in the industry that, oh, no, it is that. It is all that. And I think this is uh, his way of manifesting that truth of Hollywood in a more ridiculous, blown out way of this yeah. conspiracy. It's like like uh, he has like sort of a listlessness like that. Sometimes I feel like I don't like what am I what am I really doing? I think even in the movie, 
like people ask him what he does and i don't think you ever get a real answer it's like he just screwed up some some time long time ago maybe when he moved out to la or something and he like doesn't know what to do next and needs to lose his apartment and go on this like crazy journey just to like figure out that you yeah, we're pursuing the like wrong things. It was interesting that um, the ticking clock was like had to do with the rent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And mm. he didn't care about it at all. No. Or like he was pushing away the fact that he's about to become unhoused himself. Yeah, it's, right. it's that ticking clock that's there that we can keep track of the movie, but it's also, yeah, his goal is in no way related to getting the rent money. <laughs> no. it's that's it's an interesting way to have that ticking clock yeah but also it makes him like similar to like many other men like that who live in la and probably not paying their rent they're like on the verge of being evicted yeah. and all they're doing is just chasing that ass yeah trying to yeah. have sex playing video games all that yes yeah, listening to parrots yeah. all kinds of stuff and uh, speaking of uh, David Lynch, right, we had a, a cameo, well, not a cameo, a part oh. from one of his, right, favorite... Yeah. Patrick uh, Fischler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome. Uh, Patrick, yeah, he, the, that guy doesn't age, right? He no. looks exact same as <laughs> he looks like in the movies we made 20 years before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he was, he's great. Like, it, all that, like, memorabilia sort of aspects to the movie you know the death masks in his apartment where he collects them and even he is just like i need to get a family like i don't even know why i'm doing this like mm -hmm. i i don't have anybody to leave this stuff to and it's like you know replicas of exact replicas of johnny depp and grace kelly and even abraham lincoln and stuff and i just love like subtle little details like that um and he's yeah, like a conspiracy theorist too or it's just like finding like really fun quests in the most mundane things i love stuff like that and this movie is just full of them yeah what i like about those masks is you have this guy who i mean let's say he's a loser in terms of uh like a hollywood hierarchy at least uh, yeah not much going for him he's crazy all that and he's obsessed with these like physical objects he wants to pass on to his family that are idolizing greater people than him but then the real rich people they're eager to leave this all behind and throw it all away yeah. so that's that uh comparison between that two those two types of people i think is pretty and even with andrew garfield's character having all this stuff it's you know they make a point to see he has all this stuff all this memorabilia of his own and yeah, what does that say about us who are just like grabbing onto these physical objects that are deifying other yeah. things? And then right. the real people are like, no, none of this is important. And we realize that because we're rich. Oh, yeah. And also, it's a great uh, callback, question mark, callback, probably, to Bravos in Game of Thrones. Does anybody feel like it was nope what do you mean uh, i don't i don't the, know the uh, reference i mean i think i would but i don't watch? remember it did you watch yeah well the uh, on the island of bravos um the young the youngest sister she goes to bravos to become oh, right. a great warrior 
and they have those faces like uh, on the wall i don't know it just for some reason made me think of that yeah definitely just the set piece wise yeah it was very striking yes still not ringing the bell joe i do remember it i just don't see i just don't appreciate the connection <laughs> and that's okay because uh, uh, it was delayed for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think if I would have uh, understood it right away and remembered it, then I would have yeah. appreciated the connection. Yeah. What did you guys yeah. think of um, the uh, the songwriter guy when uh, he you goes to the mansion? Because I, like... I did my little intro. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, we already <laughs> forgot the intro yeah. that I did. Yeah. Oh, it's unforgettable. Unforgettable. <laughs> Unlike Bravos yeah. slash Game of Thrones. <laughs> People will forget Game of Thrones, but will re- they will remember the intro <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> True. I, you know, part of that is like such nail on the head stuff, but I also uh, found it really intoxicating and bothersome in a in an interesting way. Yeah. <laughs> and just that, that idea, I think there's... That idea is just the blown out version of how we f- feel anyway, or like yeah. what we assume of the arts, the corporate arts. Right. We already we already sort of know it. And then like to hear like some old guy who the makeup looks like this, whoever that was, they were not that old. And like this makeup right. is insane. And this mummy telling you like everything you already knew. And all you can do is probably just bash him in the head with mm-hmm. a, the guitar that Kurt Cobain used. One thing that I love about this director's work is the uh, timeless quality of, like, you do not know where these are set, and it doesn't care. Like, uh, it follows, feels retro, feels almost could fit anywhere between 70s and 90s, but then they have these weird things where people have, like, the clamshell digital reader. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that from It Follows, where it's like, oh, this is a piece of future tech, but it's like retro future tech. It's yeah. how the Jetsons would have seen an iPad existing. And this movie, the same. For a while, I'm like, is this set in the early 90s? What is going on? And then you see, okay, he's driving this 2006 Mustang. Yeah. Okay, it's contemporary, but it seems to flip-flop and not care what setting it exists in uh and i think there's something interesting about that and what he's trying to say by doing that of like the timelessness of the issues that he's trying to tackle in his films right you are praising this movie and i'm just sitting here nodding (laughs) and waiting for the ratings that's that's what's (laughs) happening right now oh my god i am i am fascinated by how much you love this movie and awesome uh, well i didn't say that we're not at the ratings yet that's true it's true keegan i don't want you to get your hopes too high um because it could (laughs) all mean that he's gonna give it two on the 10 scale he will switch at us on, on us on us somehow so um now this is a perfect time to go to the ratings joe would you tell us how do the ratings work yes we're going to rate this movie on a scale of zero to ten using something else as our basis of comparison and our rating scale so that something could be another movie a david lynch movie is an eight and this one's a nine because it's better or it could be chocolate chip cookies are tasty there are three this is better than that it's a 10. So it really doesn't matter. And if that doesn't make sense, Sasha and I will go first. Why don't you go first? Oh, you want to delay it because it's exciting. I think you should go first. Yeah, I'll go first. It's going to be easy. <laughs> Chinatown 10, Under the Lake 2. No! <laughs> it was so hard for me to watch it. I could not. I kept Perfect. coming back and back. I had to I had to take multiple bathroom breaks and just like 
my eyes were wandering looking for instagram i'm like stop it stop it do you not enjoy it at all and i think it lost it probably i, I give it like a good 30 minutes solid 30 minutes where i was like it's gonna turn around it's gonna turn around when it goes that first party on the um, on the roof and uh the women start barking at him this is where i was just like i can't do it. this is about when jay also quit so uh it never got better for me but um i now know the body of work the all the body of work that i need to know for andrew garfield right <laughs> okay i'll go <laughs> but i did love it. it follows i did love it so sweet uh um, i'll go next sure why not um, no, no, you can't. You oh, can't. I can't. You're you special. You cannot. Oh, yeah, okay. you're, you're special. So no one will give a shit what I have to say if you've oh, okay. gone already. You know? But I, but I will give some love. The fact that it was nice to recognize all the LA spots. Like it was just really satisfying. Yeah, it kept fun. me excited about that. Uh, Joe, what about you? Come on, let's 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 do this. All right, let's what do it. This? So I'm gonna go with uh, rating this against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's going to be hard because I think he loves this movie. And I don't think it, this one is a hard one to find a, any sort of comparison. But I do think just the um, the Hollywood aspect, obviously, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you could maybe even call a neo-noir. I don't think that holds up. <laughs> but I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's one of his best films. Um, but his. We don't need to say who. Yeah, we know. We know. We it's know. a 10. It's a 10, the way the girls in this movie are a 10. Are tens. <laughs> All right. Sure. Set up for a disappointing rating. Keep going. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie, right from the get-go, you feel the neo-noirness of it. And I think there's something off-putting about seeing a contemporary, even though I was talking about the timelessness of this movie and, like, you don't know where it's set. It is, you know, more contemporary than I think you'd see 90% of neo-noirs that even haven't really been that prevalent right. and there's something off-putting about that you see a chinatown and it's through rose-colored glasses of the time i do wonder how much it was you know of its time and like you know reflective right so in 20 years when we look back at this movie under the silver lake are we looking back at a time we kind of don't remember of la and east hollywood so i think that's part of what might make it a bit off-putting but I think this movie is absurdly interesting, maybe a little too long for what it's doing, maybe throwing a couple too many ideas out. Sure. But it's a rockin' movie, and you have to apply a movie that's this ambitious, that uh, is directed this well and thoughtfully. Every frame is referencing other movies and referencing itself. It's worth watching immediately over again. Absolutely. Because you're going to catch things that you didn't see. And I think this is a 9 out of 10. Oh. Ooh, nice. Very interesting uh, gap between... like We have gaps, Joe and I. But that's okay. that's one big of a gap. Okay. Two and nine. <clears throat> so my rating scale is going to be... Um, the very lowest is going to be... Uh, a Maltese pooping. All right. Okay. So in the in the movie, one Maltese, not Maltese Falcon, but no, no, no. Maltese pooping. Maltese yeah, pooping, yeah. which is in the movie. <laughs> I'm just starting at the ground gotcha. level. It's just yeah. poop. It's poop. Build it, build it. Mm -hmm. Poop to, and then at the very top of ten would be Mulholland Drive. 
Totally. Okay. I'm with you up there. So hate gonna... Mulholland Drive, by the way. Okay, it's great. It's garbage. All right. okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, Strong feelings. Yeah, yeah. All around. You're all over the place. Um, I'm going to give this... <laughs> I'm going to give this for Mulholland Drive. I'm going to say it's an eight. All right. Because I, I love Mulholland Drive. It's one of my favorite, favorite films. And I think... Mm-hmm. It, it, people are right to say there's like a lot of David Lynch in it to where like I think David Lynch does it better. But like you said, it's it's got so much stuff going on in it, almost too much. But I like I I look at it more of like a amusement park than I do like like the most gripping story I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just I really enjoy it. Amazing, I love. I'm satisfied with these ratings. I, can I always say that about the ratings on this? podcast but yeah. i'm very satisfied with these thank you for mentioning the maltese pooping because i have to imagine it being a maltese is by design right. and yeah. just I, serves I, my point more that was so <laughs> shocking to see that i was like when when is i don't think i've ever seen dogs pooping in a film and i was like even this is a, is a great frame uh pink flamingo pink fl- that's right also do you have a problem with dogs pooping in, but no. animals animals hurt, but dogs pooping is fine. Sure, sure. No, pooping is natural. <laughs> right. yeah, I, we have to look at our dogs pooping, you know, several times a day. It's, <laughs> we better be okay with it. Uh, it's part of life. It's part of nature and uh, life force itself. I call it my life force day to day, the quality of poop. <laughs> um, Keegan, thank you so much for coming out. Shut up. I love it. Oh, I Bringing love on it. this movie. I would have never seen it. Definitely not till the end, if not. You. Right. I praise you for that. <laughs> Would you tell our audience any plugs, anything they should they should know about you? Yeah, sure. Um, right now, like like you had set up at the top, I do several shows, um, different places. I do a lot of uh, clubhouse stuff. Thanks to you, Sasha. Um, and also, I do a lot of. Uh, uh, right now, I have a residency with an improv team at uh, mm-hmm. Westside Comedy Theater. We perform twice a month. Uh, we are Chugga Chugga. We have an Instagram, Chugga Chugga Improv. And come out. We have a great time. Uh, we're all really excited to do stuff. We have free merchandise that uh, oh, you can wow. come pick up. I mean, it's their little buttons. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, awesome. But, when did you guys uh, come together as a team? It's a very cool, energetic like um, team that gives me hope that improv has future. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like our whole deal is like I met a lot. Of, I uh, assembled the team with just people that I met through the pandemic because mm-hmm. I moved here I in 20, 2020. And so I did Zoom improv for a very long time. And it's yeah. not, it's, it's good, but it's not, it doesn't feel like the most rewarding thing. Uh, I think that people can attest, everybody can attest to that. But, um, but I did meet a lot of really cool people all from all over there, like South Africa and Japan and uh, Australia. People had to wake up at different times just to meet up, meet up and hang out and stuff. And so yeah. I met some people that were out here that were doing in LA and of Unfortunately, we couldn't like hang out that much at the time of when we started seeing each other over Zoom. But I got in contact, and I really just wanted to get back out there and do live shows and stuff. And um, yeah, we just sort of came together, sort of met up, and taking safe practice—I mean, safe classes—at uh, different theaters that started popping up. And I was like, "Well, let's just start doing shows, you know? Like, let's celebrate that we are able to do this." So. Yeah, that's Chugga Chugga. Chugga Chugga Improv. Check it out. Great team. Definitely gives me hope that the world is not going to fall apart. Yeah. 
that's all I need. Joe, what about you? What's going on with you? Any interesting news you want to share? No. <laughs> that was very specific. I know, like I, you that. were setting me up or something. <laughs> I And we don't know when this will be published, so maybe I have some news. Yes. So who knows? But, um, <laughs> you know, go to uh, Beat It Movie Reviews on uh, podcasts, and you can go hear me talk about movies. Yeah, getting more and more, just more of Joe analyzing. What's one I can't miss? What's an episode? every single one you can miss but uh you know i would say base it off the feature review if you've seen the movie or want to know the movie know about the movie then go ahead and uh and watch that one pick your poison yeah cool excellent thank you elizabeth so for the artwork thank you mr owl for this amazing track and thank you for listening